This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Morena no mai kiti korero e ranga e tereo e rangi o natangata o Manawatu. It is the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio, uh, and it is a Monday morning, which means we're turning our attention this Monday to fielding and district promotions. And on the line, we have Wendy Carr, the manager of said organisation. Good morning to you. Morena. Um, so I think the, the, the big news uh, from last week was the relaxing of uh, the COVID protection framework. Uh, I spoke to Tangi Utikeri about that on Friday. I said I thought it was quite peculiar that it wasn't just sort of descending down to orange, but we're, we're changing the whole traffic light system and making it much more relaxed. Um, mm. Either way, I suppose there will be businesses in fielding and surrounding areas that will be rather pleased by this. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's, it's come at a, a very good time that everyone was starting to get very stressed and fatigued um, over the restrictions that everybody was facing. And obviously at the moment, we're kind of, Manawatu region is in the mid-central health um, region is really in that, we're at our peak at the moment. We're, we've got a lot of cases every day. Um, however, it's almost, there was a really good article on stuff um, on the, uh, last week stating how at this current climate is really like a, worse than a level four lockdown because people are so concerned so they're not going out and spending. So businesses are having to be open without the financial support that they had when we were in lockdowns um, and there's just nobody out and about. So hopefully these easing up restrictions will support people getting out back out into the community. Um, people won't be working from home as much uh, and, and some money will be able to go around in the economy and our businesses won't have to scan um, People won't have to scan in and um, businesses won't have to check vaccine passports. So there's a lot of sort of relief out there at the moment. Do, do we do we really think, though, that um, th- this is – how do I phrase this? Is the government responding to popular opinion, not, I stress, the illegal occupation in Wellington, but just the general frustration and tiredness that the country is, is experiencing uh, – are they responding to that as opposed to the science? And will people see it as a genuine improvement or will they continue to stay away? It'll be interesting. It's only time will tell. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm always an optimistic person. Um, some of my optimistic um, tendencies have waned in the last year or so. But, um, but I'm hopeful. I think um, something had to give. Um, and I totally appreciate that. Our health system is, um, you know, is feeling the strain, and that COVID nineteen and the Omicron variant, um, while in most cases is more mild than um, than previous variants, it still can impact people, and it can impact people long term and our vulnerable and all of the rest of it. But the problem is, is now we're going to head into a stagflation um, point in time if we keep going the way we are, and um, our economy is going to get really 
was really, really struggling. The last three months were really good. January to March were actually, you know, pretty, pretty good. But this, since we've been in um, in the red light setting, people are becoming more and more hesitant to get out and spend. So uh, who would want to be a politician at the moment? Definitely not me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, we're starting to hear responses from various groups uh, in society, most notably at the moment, uh, the likes of, of Age Concern and the Disabled Persons Assembly and others, um, worried that the more vulnerable people in our community are basically going to shut themselves away, that this red traffic light mm-hmm. setting was the protection they needed uh, and mm-hmm. the security they needed to actually go out and, you know, um, little old grannies doing their, their shopping in, in the afternoon may not be doing that anymore. So mm-hmm. wh- where's the offset? Yes, the hospitality industry might do better, but at what cost to other industries and to groups in our society? Absolutely. And again, why would you want to be a politician? It's so hard to balance that um, because obviously, like personally, I want to take care of all of the vulnerable people in our society all the time. We should always be thinking about those people and putting them at the forefront of our minds. Um, and as a society, we have not been very good at doing that over the years. So I, I do totally appreciate that um, there are people out there that are very worried and concerned and, and they um, are not going to want to come out. It's, it's such a hard balance. I don't know what the answers are. I just I know from from the conversations that I'm having around at the moment, um, businesses are struggling. Um, you know, we haven't been able to hold any events over the summer that we would normally have. This is events coming to the end of what would typically be event season, um, and and it's also the community and social well being that we're um, that are being impacted by people not being able to connect with one another. So, you know, sports gatherings, um, just social gatherings, there's a whole whole raft of things that have been really impacted in this last, especially in the last six months. So the, um, we don't have the answer. No, the, the vaccine pass uh, sort of requirement for entry is, is, is being lifted, but the government has said that the infrastructure will remain for people that want to continue to use it. Uh, enforcement uh, aside, I mean, God knows how you'd, you'd do that. Um, what are you advising businesses to do? Are you advising businesses to do the bare minimum to, to get as many people in? Or are you advising people to still take some precautions? I would be advising at the moment for every business to relook at their COVID-19 um, risk assessment or health, health and safety assessment at the moment. Um, it's really up to individual businesses to make those decisions um, from the health, health and safety perspective of their staff, themselves and their customers. So if um, anyone out there chooses to still run vaccine passports, that is absolutely their prerogative and we all need to respect that if that's the case. In that bit in those businesses. From what I've heard around, most will not be doing that. They will just be letting the doors open again because the current variant that's going through the community is transmissible by people with, that are vaccinated or not. So I think there's um, uh, people are really, <laughs> they need the money and they don't really care anymore where it's coming from. So because we have such really, really high rates of vaccination, there's only such a small number of people out there that this is going to apply to. So I would fully advise everybody needs to relook at their assessment, their own risk assessment, though, and um, take it case by case. From a from a pessimist to an optimist, um, obviously <laughs> the the revamping of the the traffic light system and making red quite a relaxed environment now. 
Um, that gives us little or no protection should uh, a more uh, virulent strain come out. And we are he- hearing about, you know, the Delta Crons uh, of COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're starting to sound more like Transformers that every week that goes past. <laughs> um, but is is this going to uh, potentially add to the uncertainty? Because there is no longer uh, a setting uh, that is clearly mapped out that has been tested for a new variant. Mm. I think this is the thing that gets really hard with what we've had over the last two years when we had the levels, you know, one to four levels, and then the traffic light settings was we had really clear guidelines of what those settings were, but then the government changed them midway through both times. So if you're going to put a setting in place and you communicate it out there, then changing it up makes it really confusing. And and having different dates for different things to fit in makes it very confusing. So we had last Friday that you no longer need to scan QR codes um, anymore and um, that outdoor gatherings could be larger and indoor gatherings, you know, um, unlimited numbers and indoor gatherings can go up to 200 but you still have to check vaccine passes for another week you know like why don't we just make it just one date for everything to change (laughs) because people are just going what on earth is going on Um, with different variants coming through I think at the moment because we all now just about everybody will have at least someone that they know that's had Omicron and the vast majority of those people have been relatively okay with that you know it's been like a mild cold I think we again have complacency of not understanding what a a more severe variant might look like we as a country haven't experienced those really awful things that happened in Europe and America and South America early on in the pandemic where you know the, the, the health impacts were so harsh and with Omicron we've let it go through the country but that's not you know it's not Delta it's not like it's that really scary one so it is the complacency that our country has have had over the last few years, I think, will continue. Um, and most people won't make any significant changes or think about it until they have been impacted themselves. Mm. Um, I gather last Friday uh, the farmers' market was a somewhat wet affair. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I suppose even if it is raining next Friday, um, there'll be a few more smiles and uh, you know virtual sunlight, sunshine, if nothing else, because of these eased restrictions. Meaning, I, I believe mm. uh, you're going to be able to allow people to sort of taste things um, from yeah. now on. Yeah, so from now from now on, from this coming Friday, people will no longer have to scan in. So that's, that's great. There's one less sign I have to carry around in the car. Um, and then from the following Friday, because the, ch- the changes are happening next Monday night for um, masks, the outdoors, uh, outdoor venues will no, you no longer have to wear masks. People absolutely optionally can. Um, so from, from next Friday, whatever the date that is, the Eighth of April. Um, yeah, people won't have to wear masks, which, and there will be no vaccine um, pass mandate, so people can have tastings, which is so fantastic because we've got a few storeholders that really do rely on tastings as part of the experience of the market to sell their wares, particularly like the, the two olive oil um, stalls that Rata and Juno that alternate each week. They really do rely on that, so it's great to have that um, back, and it just a bit of a sigh of relief from the farmer's market. 
Definitely. So make sure you get to uh, the farmer's market and, uh, and and taste some wares and buy some stuff and uh, hopefully boost that economy that has been hurting. Um, we are here with Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion, looking at what's going on around the district um, and making national headlines this week, uh, Little Old Fielding and its uh, street art festival. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Sadly, not for, for the best reasons. Yeah, so the street art festival um, has been on the um, has been plan- planning started. Oh, I don't even know, like nine months ago. It feels like in a lifetime ago, um, and we finally got some murals started and up on our walls. And unfortunately, um, some copyright issues happened with one of the murals that was um, depicted wall and dog from Fort Flats, and it has to be removed. Yeah, I mean that's a, it's a bit of a, a shame that one, and mm-hmm. the, I, I'm sure you're not going to share any more details than what the likes of RNZ have been able to to garner. But it seemed like, uh, I mean, it, it was a mural on a wall. It's not making any money. It's not mm-hmm. uh, a situation where you know anyone's out of pocket. It seems a little sad that the 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 family um, enforced that 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 copyright clause. Uh, I think this is a really good lesson to everyone and all artists in particular is that um, you've got to be very mindful when you're using someone else's image to do it respectfully. So um, I'm, I, a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about how unfair it was from Murray Ball's family to invoke the copyright um, you know, clauses and stuff. But if you are going to copy or plagiarise or um, utilise someone else's work, you do need to get permission. So... Um, so that's it's, it's a hard lesson, and it is something that needs to be learned. There's a lot of artists out there that do um, similar things, but not in such a prominent way. So it may not have ever come to light if, if the festival hadn't been highlighted on the AM show. So a Willie Wydor came to town and, and um, showcased what was going on, which was fantastic. It was really awesome. Uh, and so maybe if that hadn't gone ahead, because I'm pretty sure there's probably other foot rock that murals elsewhere in the country i don't know but um but check you know please check with people before you use their work it's really important because um if things had been ticked in the right order things may have played out differently are we aware of what's going to replace the mural because i understand it's already been painted over and and there is an intention to to put uh, a new artwork there yeah, so it has been it's been painted over, and there's been the beginnings of it of something new going up. I haven't been um, in contact with Joe in the last week to find out what that is. So um, just keep an eye on the Facebook page. So the Manawatu Street Art Festival has a Facebook page. Just keep an eye because there'll be some. Um, or if you're in fielding, just go for a walk past and have a look. Because the other um, murals that are already completed around the back of that um, Triple Bank building in the car park at the back of Murray are amazing. They're so cool. And the other part of the um, the festival is also Swift Mantis is painting an incredible um, massive mural on the Bowen Street flat next to Courtesy Ford on uh, on Bowen Street. Um, and now, if you know the Palmerston North mural festival that happened a couple of years ago, there's that amazing, really realistic cat that's on the back of like the Grand Building. Yes, that guy is painting one here, not the same cat, but but that guy and his work is. Are incredible. So we're super excited to see that finished 
Um, and the other artists that did the other um, groups of art, they're they all super talented. We're really, really lucky and thankful to have them um, doing something in our pretty little town. Are uh, Joe McManaman and the team sort of despondent about this or have they taken it as a learning movement moment and sort of moving on apace? Uh, definitely a learning moment, yeah. Um, this is just one of those things that is very unfortunate. Um, and it is just like, well, let's keep going. Let's support our local artists. Let's get, keep, keep the momentum of it. Um, you know, it's, we live and learn. Yes. Very good. Um, let's uh, have a look at a couple of events that are still going to go ahead. I, I mean, it's such a shame. I was looking at the Fielding and District uh, website, fielding.co.nz, and looked at the events tab. And, of course, the Kimbolton uh, Sculpture Festival uh, was meant to be on the 2nd of April. They made the call to postpone. Arguably, could they have done it? Mm, yeah. And this is the reality of the times that we live in is that sometimes um, it's all of the organising that goes into an event. And if you don't have a set date knowing when uh, levels are going to change, then it's very hard to plan and get something off the ground. So unfortunately, the Combotland Sculpture Festival, which was due to happen this weekend, is, has been cancelled. But um, And it could have probably gone ahead because we've now had the lifting of restrictions of numbers and outdoor events and venues. So it's a real shame. But it is the sign of the times, unfortunately. So next year, they're all cranking, all, all go out at, at the Kimbolton domain. Um, but I understand uh, other things are happening. Uh, the Steam Rail Society are going off the tracks, taking a yes, bus. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So um, Fielding Steam Rail do uh, regular excursions all over the countryside, and um, normally in their steam train, which is under restoration at the moment, so they, they um, typically at the moment hire uh, diesel locomotives from rail and do all these sorts of trips but they're doing something a little bit different on the 23rd of April they're doing a, um, a bus trip from Fielding to the Turi Brewery in Mungatanoka so that is um, something pretty cool uh, there, there is a departs Fielding at 10 o'clock in the morning and you head to Mungatanoka for a barbecue lunch and a tour of the brewery which is pretty cool so the tickets are $70 um, and there will be restrictions of masks having to be worn on the bus, but otherwise, really cool to be able to have a personalised guided tour through the brewery. If you haven't done that before, or even if you have and you really like it, um, then you can either get tickets. If you Google uh, Fielding Steam Rail, you can buy tickets online, or you can pop into the information centre and buy them from us. Again, this is a th- and this is my opinion, and I don't encourage people to think like me in the slightest. But in this current environment, the thought of sitting on a bus in such close proximity to many other people just makes me a bit twitchy. Mm, mm. This is the hard thing, and this is the this is the mentality um, that we've got to try and break in ourselves. Is the risk of catching COVID is still there? But we do need to get on with life. Life goes on. And so that is why the government is easing restrictions for numbers of people that can gather. You know, two weeks ago, we couldn't all go to a concert together, but now, or a rugby game or or whatever, and now we can. So um, at some point in time, and that's everybody's personal, individual responsibility to look after themselves. And if you don't feel comfortable putting yourself in those situations, then that's fine. But, um, But there are a lot of people that do just want to, you don't want it. Definitely. And, and there's actually a lot of people that have had COVID now 
So <laughs> for those people, get on with life. Go spend some money. Go see some sites and be a tourist in your own backyard. Well, that is something we should be encouraging, definitely, because Manawatu has many, many uh, diamonds that people are, are not aware of. And uh, websites mm-hmm. like uh, fielding.co.nz uh, are the place to go to find out about those. Uh, another event that is uh, going to be kicking off soon is the Easter Hunt. Yes, so we've got a Fielding and District Promotion have a new event this year called Manawatu's Great Easter Hunt. And so this is really is about being a tourist in your own backyard. Um, we started planning this when all of the restrictions were still in place with numbers of people being able to gather. And so we wanted to do an event that didn't necessarily bring everyone to one place at once. So it's a scavenger hunt that's running over the whole Manawatu district. Now, I don't want to confuse everybody, but there are two different Manawatus. There's the Manawatu region and then there's the Manawatu district. So this is just for the scavenger hunt is, is running within the Manawatu district. So that goes from Rangabohia in the north down to uh, Tangimoana and Hamatangi in the south and over to Ohakia and Sampson and a very weird border somewhere between Hoanui and um, Bay Nisi on the east. And so there's a scavenger hunt. The, the, all the details are going to be in the fielding Rangatika Herald uh, on the 14th of April. So there'll be a full A3 list out in the paper where people can do the scavenger hunt. There will be 30 clues and you need to answer 10 to go in the draw to win all sorts of goodies and prizes. Those scavenger hunt locations will be dotted through the whole district. So there will be some up in the northern Manawatu, down at the beaches, um, and obviously in fielding as well. And so there will be a mixture of things that people either have to pay to do. So it might be go and buy an ice cream from somewhere and get a stamp, or it might be what is the colour of the slide at Kōpai Park. So there's a mixture of free and paid um, clues, because we want to make this as accessible as possible, but also support our local businesses at the same time. That's a, uh, it sounds like a very good idea as well, because with petrol prices going the way they are, people might want to stay relatively local to their own area. Yes. Absolutely. So it's running for a month, um, and the reason why it's, we're running it for so long is because there are still families out there that will be isolating um, over this, over that time, and we don't want anyone to miss out, so it gives everybody the opportunity to have a go. And if you are travelling around, and say you are going to the beach one weekend, and then you're going to convolt in the next. You might want to answer them from all over the place. But if you, yeah, if you, uh, there should be something close by if you live in the Manawatu district, so that you don't have to travel if you if you can't. Splendid. Uh, we're here with Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion on the catch up. We've got about five minutes left, Wendy. Just enough time to talk about the next edition of On Track Magazine. Yes. So On Track Magazine comes out quarterly. And this uh, next edition comes out this Thursday, inserted into the Fielding Rangatika Herald. So it's a tabloid version inside the paper. And the focus on this edition is um, recovery and supporting each other. So we are showcasing our local community nonprofit organisations and all of the great work and support that they give to our communities. So we do acknowledge that while our economy has been very buoyant over the last couple of years, which has been somewhat surprising, the next three to six months are going to be pretty tough for a lot of people with inflation and all sorts of different things and just also mental health and social well-being. All it really is about making sure you know where to ask for help if you need it and what we can do to support one another. So that's 
coming up this Thursday to the night in the Fielding Rangatika Herald. Um, and we will have extra copies dotted around the region as well. And, uh, I mean, you must have good feedback from uh, the On Track magazine for uh, for it, you to be putting such important information into it. It's, it's well worth reading, isn't it? Absolutely, yep. So we get great feedback every time we run, um, and we do different focus every time. So the last edition that we did was um, showcasing the businesses that were nominated and won um, in the Celebrating Business event last year. We've had ones that have been um, targeted around tourism, and so we have a different theme every time. But it really is about showcasing what is out there in our community to support either the economy or the social well-being or everything all together. So um, I'm really proud of the team that puts it together. So I would just like to put a plug out there. Thank you to my team who, who work long hours trying to pull this amazing um, publication out every quarter. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, looking uh, on the website, uh, every well, the past uh, few have been every couple of months, but uh, yes, every every quarter on on average, uh, there is a back catalogue on uh, fielding.co.nz forward slash what's dash new. Uh, also, the uh, December edition of Manawatu Meke is there, is there as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that, that one was a one-off, um, real, really highlighting from a tourist point of view, all of the amazing things that you can do and see in our district. So we really want to encourage everybody to be a tourist in your own backyard. I mean, things are tight at the moment. Petrol is very expensive. And, um, but there are so many cool things that you can do just down the road. So why not um, hop on your bike or go for a walk um, or drive a short distance and see what's in our backyard? Indeed. There we go. Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. And uh, remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, you can head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your online listening. Uh, Join us tomorrow at half past eight. We're going to be speaking to Claire Matthews from Massey University, somewhat of a financial whiz. Uh, We should have plenty of questions for her in this climate. On Wednesday, uh, RNZ's uh, Manawatu regional reporter Jimmy Ellingham will join us. We'll find out what he's been reporting on in the past couple of weeks. Uh, On Thursday, Brent Barrett from Palmerston North City Council will join us. And on Friday, as usual, MP for Rangitiki, Ian McKelvey, uh, will let us know what's been going on down in Wellington. Uh, That's it for this morning. Have a great day. Join the rest of your day. We'll be back tomorrow at half past eight. Bye for now. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.